0: Well, welcome to church on Memorial Day weekend. I know a lot of people are at the beach right now, but you're not, right? And I said a couple of weeks ago, maybe you weren't here. Um, I hate watching vacation commercials, right? It's like, come to this beautiful place. You'll be able to relax and be free, and it's amazing. And I'm like, um, no, I'm going to... I'm going to live on a vacation every single day of my life because I got Jesus Christ. So I don't need to go somewhere to be at peace and relax. I'm at peace and I'm relaxing in Jesus Christ. I'm good. So uh, no matter if you are at the beach or not, you can live in paradise here today through Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, I got a new iPad this week, so I'm going to try to, I'm replacing my my 10-year-old macbook pro and i'm like can this ipad really do it so we're gonna see if this works here today um if i can really preach off of this thing we're gonna see if it works and it's gonna be awesome i'm like a kid in the candy store today i'm like we're preaching today on this thing um cool well we are uh we're in week number three actually of a series we started called rooted and the whole concept i have out of this is that we would be a people Rooted in truth, to be firm and solid inside of our faith, that we can withstand any season of life, any crazy idea that's presented or proposed by human, humans, philosophers, uh, whatever, you know, individuals that are out there um, that, that have their ideas, that as believers and as Christians in a post church and post Christian nation, that we are individuals that are unswayed, uh, if that's even a word, I don't know if that's our, we're, we're not dissuaded, that's probably a better word, we're not dissuaded by man-made ideas of modern intellect, but we are firm in what we believe through generations, thousands of years of belief um, and God's word that have been given to us um, uh, by God. So um, well, you know, for me, if we're rooted in Christ and we grow deep into him, we'll be able to know what the truth is, We'll be able to withstand all these crazy ideas and we'll be firm. As Matthew 7, Jesus says, hey, if you listen to my teaching and you apply it to your life, man, you are on a firm foundation. Doesn't matter what trials or challenges come inside of life. It can beat against it, but you're on a firm foundation. You're good. But if you build your life on sand, wishy-washy ideologies, wishy-washy philosophies, uh, concepts and ideas that are contrary to God's word. Then you are on sinking sand. And then when the storms come, like a pandemic, FYI, a pandemic, a global pandemic, stay in your house, get away from people, right? Fear, fear, fear. What happens? You saw in our society and across the globe, that a lot of people were not on a firm foundation. Suicides, domestic disputes, drug abuse, through the window. Why? Because when the trials of life hit, individuals were on sinking sand, right? Uh, And I always loved the old song, on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking. i love that old that i'm a hymn guy i love hymns they did cornerstone the revised version to start this series off i wanted them to have like a legit hymn so i'm still waiting for the worship team to answer the request of pastor I need a legit hymn in Jesus' name. I don't care. We'll sing amazing grace. We just, let's sing something good, right? All together. I'm just playing. We're not going there now. But uh, that's where this whole idea came from, that we are in a place where we know what we believe and can stand firm inside of our world here today. So how many of you guys have ever been in that place where uh, um, uh, you feel like maybe, maybe your life's like Heather and I, maybe, uh, do you, are your weekends like jam-packed with activities? Anybody here? Jam packed with activities, right? Um, Anybody in here, you didn't know what you wanted to do as soon as you graduated high school. And so you just went to college and you're taking all the basic classics, you know, all the, the, you know, the, the prereqs and all that stuff. And you just don't know exactly what you want to do yet. Okay. So Heather and I, we have this joke inside of our house because we have, I have four brothers And, uh, they have a lot of kids. They really loved God and his Genesis one, be fruitful and multiply. They're like, okay, cool. I'm down. Um, and so they have a lot of kids. So literally it seems like in our, in our family that there is a birthday party every single week, weekend. It is a joke. It's like, Oh, we got another birthday party, another birthday party. And so the deal about your weekends, when there's clarity around what you're going to do, you're not like, uh, you're doing those things. You're moving in that direction. You're, you're, You got a plan and when you got a plan, you're doing, you're just fulfilling the plan. But when you don't, right, you ever have those weekends where you don't have something going on? You don't know what you're doing, so you're just kind of like whatever. So a friend calls you up and they're like, hey, you wanna go to the river or something like that, okay? I don't know, maybe that's you. Guadalupe River for all those that don't live in San Antonio, that's what's up, that's where it's at, okay? (laughs) Go float the river if you've never been to the river before, it's legit, Um, it's fun. But uh, you, you, know, you can be, have no plan, and then somebody calls you up with a plan, and then you're like, cool, let's go. You had no plan, no clarity on what you wanted to do, and somebody else had a plan and clarity on what they wanted to do, and then they invited you into that plan, and now they're gone, right? So the same thing could be within, you know, the inside of, you, you get into college, you don't know exactly what you want to do, so you're kind of floating, You're trying to find clarity on exactly what that next step is. You know, there's some people that get into college that know exactly what they want to do. Exactly. I want to be an engineer. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to be, what'd you go into, Brittany? Marine Marine biology. (laughs) It's always awesome with Brittany, like the stuff that she does. It's awesome. Um, Completely opposite of me. Completely. (laughs) Completely. But you, you, they have clarity around it. As soon as they like, graduate, it's like they know where they're going. They know what college they're going to. It's got the best program around what I want to do. But then there's the other individuals that take seven years to get through college because they literally have no clue what they want to do. But all of a sudden, yeah, you probably see some of you that, like, I still don't know what I want to do. I'm 55 years old, you know, still trying to figure this thing out. Hey, yeah. But, but there's this moment in time where some of these individuals get in and then all of a sudden they get clarity, bam, this is what I want to do. And maybe year number two, three, and all of a sudden they're, bam, they're going in the right direction. They know exactly they're heading, they're current, you know, they got, they, they got confidence in it, bam, 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 bam. Now, both of these scenarios come with a level of indecisiveness, uh, uh, uh somebody else, right? The first, the first scenario, I probably should just go with one or the other. I'll do that next service, uh, <laughs> But with our family, when you don't have a plan, somebody else can interject their plan and then you're going on their plan. If you don't have clarity on exactly what you want to do, somebody will come along for the journey and say, hey, do you want to do what I'm doing? This is something in life. Uh, If if you're not clear on what exactly you want to do inside of your career, you're going to be like, I don't know, I'm just kind of like here and existing. You're going to lack confidence in your own life in order to move clearly in the direction in which you feel like God has called you to. Now, here's the deal. We live in a world here today where as believers, we desperately need clarity around what we believe. In our faith, we got to know what we, can be, what we believe. This is not an area inside of our life where we're like, okay, maybe. I'm kind of like, you know, I don't necessarily know about Jesus. Is he the only one? Is he not the only one? I don't know. Okay? There's some clear things that like, as a belief system, you got to be 100% clear on what truth is, because if not, some high-sounding individual, and Paul, you know, speaks against this. Be careful in the world in which we live in that you don't follow high-sounding ideas by individuals, these philosophers that step in and start to speak things that's contrary to truth, to Jesus Christ. So as believers in here, we got to know what we believe. So if you want to take notes right there across the top of your paper, we believe, just put that, we believe. And we want to get in some clarity around what we believe. We want to have some clarity around what we believe. So there's confidence, there's courage in the direction in which our life is going that no matter who stands up in our society and says, here's truth, you are already established in the truth that you you are unmoved by a truth. Clear? So we want to talk about what we believe here today. Clear beliefs. We'll get into a few things, how you categorize these things, how you work through them. Some of this stuff I'm going to say are absolutes. You know, we got to be clear on this. Some of these things are convictions. Some of these things are opinions. Okay? So don't get offended in here today. Right? Here's the deal about truth. Truth offends everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what you believe. When you get the truth, it offends everybody, right? Every single person inside of here has to be open to the truth. So, number one, we talked about last week or two weeks ago in the first uh, when we first started this conversation is one, being rooted in Christ. We have to be rooted in Christ. That is where our foundation is. It's in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we talked about Colossians two six through seven, it says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So if every single person inside of here has received Christ Jesus, right? He is the savior. This is the gospel. This is the good news that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's by Jesus and only Jesus. If we've received Christ Jesus in salvation, now it's time to walk in him. We're moving forward. So rooted, it goes on to say, rooted and built up in him. We're rooted in him But then we are also built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So there's this rooting being built up inside of Christ, but it happens in Christ Jesus. So we got to be rooted in Christ. Number one. Number two is this. Absolutes are absolutely needed. We talked about that week one. Absolutes are absolutely needed. Right. If there's absolutes, then it changes everything. If there is absolute truth, it changes everything, right? One of our absolute truths to this is this, the supremacy of God. The supremacy of God. The supremacy of God exists inside of this. If God is real, if God is the creator of the universe, if he spoke everything into existence, right? If he is the highest form in our world, Universe, God is the eternal, <laughs> everlasting God. If that is a truth that you and I believe, then it changes everything. Because now we are living inside of an order that is not our will, it's his. Right? Then he is the ultimate source of truth, not us. So we as humans are born into something that we don't get to define. We have to discover it. We don't get to create it. Does that make sense? If that is an absolute truth, and that is an absolute truth in this church, just tell you right now, and it should be an absolute truth in every church, and I think it is, and and we'll get to that in just a second. But he is the supreme God, right? Everybody likes the supreme pizza. Every Christian should love a supreme God. Amen? We should all, he is God. We are entering into his order, his plan. We aren't trying to make it up ourselves. Now, here's a, here's a great concept that um, I, I think kind of expresses this that is, it'll bring some understanding to this. A challenge inside of our world today can be expressed right here. In 1979, Arthur Leaf, uh, or left, said this, a, a Yale professor, uh, a Yale law professor spoke at Duke University, expressed how torn human beings are over this issue of absolute truth and the desire for it, the hatred we feel for it, Okay. This is going to bring some complexity to the challenges of the human heart here today. If there's a supreme God, then here's the challenge of every human that comes into the world. He says this, I want to believe, and so do you, in a complete, transcend- transcendent, and imminent set of propositions about right and wrong, findable rules that uh, authoritatively and unambiguously direct us uh, how to live righteously. They have it up here? No, they don't. Okay. Okay. I also want to believe, and so do you, in no such thing, but rather that we are wholly free not only to choose for ourselves what we ought to do, but to decide for ourselves individually and as a species what we ought to be. Wow. What we want, heaven help us, is simultaneously to be perfectly ruled by a higher power. And perfectly free. That is, at the same time, to discover the right and the good and to create it. Now, let me just bring it up. I know that was heavy right there. You're like, whoa, shots fired. Okay, they're fired. It says this, modern man is torn. So if you want to just bring it together. Modern man is torn between wanting to discover what is right and wanting to, to create what is right. Wanting to be ruled by truth and wanting to rule truth. Whoa. Let me say it again. Modern man is torn between wanting to discover what is right and wanting to create what is right. Wanting to be ruled by truth and wanting to rule truth. This is the challenge of humanity. If there is a supreme God, we are born into something that is bigger than us, that there are absolutes that are already at play by the creator of the universe. He says what those things are. And the challenge of every man is, okay, well, we need to discover what his truth is But the man man struggles, and you see this in the Garden of Eden, right? The first problem was we're going to eat the knowledge. We want this knowledge of good and evil. It's the fundamental challenge of humanity. The first thing, don't eat from the knowledge of good and evil. Just live in paradise. Enjoy what I've created for you. And man's like, nah, I think I want to know what you know because I want to be what? My own God. And so the challenge around humanity is we want to discover what truth is, But then also, we wanna create truth. We wanna wanna know what is right, but then we also want to rule what is right. You see this in our world today, and it's very challenging. We gotta be very careful in our world. Why? Because Romans 1, 25 says this, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is whole, uh, worthy of eternal praise. Amen. What is he saying inside of here? This is the fundamental truth. and This is an absolute in, uh, issue that what? Man has traded the truth about God for a lie. There is a truth in God that we can discover when we come to him. But humans are struggling today to say, no, we want to govern what truth is. And so when man does that, what we do is we say, well, we want to trade the truth for a lie of human truth. And it's a challenge. And so what happens in verse number 18, he also says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who what? Suppress the truth by their wickedness. They suppress it by their wickedness. As I said a minute ago with A.W. To- a- 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 Tozer, we're unite- unified through Christ Jesus. There is so much unity when we come together and we say, Jesus, you are Lord, Holy Spirit, empower our lives. We want the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come out of us. Why? Because the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that's moving in you, is the same Spirit that's moving in me. And that same Spirit is lead us to the same truth. The challenge in our world here today is there's so many human truths that are out there that each individual truth is relative to their ideas, their concept at this moment in time, how they were raised, how they feel at that moment in time, and they're speaking it as a universal truth. What? That's insanity. But your truth is your truth. No, there ain't no your truth. There's a truth. We discover what the truth is, and the truth is in Christ Jesus. That is where it's at. When we come to Christ Jesus, we are unified moving in the truth, which is revealed in Christ Jesus. And we are more at unity collectively in Christ Jesus than we ever will be by going into the world and saying, well, we don't need God to be united. We're looking for peace on earth. It's not gonna happen. Why? Because human is inherently bad. Humans are inherently evil. And the problem with human ideas today is, Humans are inherently good. That is the problem. So the philosophy says, "Well, if humans are inherently good, then humans can create euphoria here on this earth." Let me just tell you, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't happened for six thousand years, and it's not gonna happen forever until Jesus Christ comes back, because humans are inherently evil. Right? Let's look at China. You want to look at China for a second? Communist country has full reign and rule. There's a certain group of people that's not fitting into their ideas and their concepts, so they put them into a concentration camp. They have complete reign over all their people. They can say, you got your own ideas, that's fine. You don't believe in this communist regime. Cool, you got a different ideology. All good, we love you. We're gonna let you do what you're gonna do. No, they say, we're gonna snatch you up and we're gonna put you in a concentration camp to get you reacclimated to this culture. Whoa, this is where it gets crazy. This is slippery slopes, but here's the deal. In a world in which we live in, especially in this country here today, the idea is I get power by allowing you to have your truth and moving away from a universal truth. So I'm just gonna say whatever you wanna hear so that I can keep my power position so that you can be appeased and not come against me, but you'll actually support me. And we're moving away from universal absolutes in the name of relativism. Your truth, your truth, your ideas, your ideas. we got to be careful because we are on slippery slopes. So we believe, last thing I would say inside we believe Jesus has given us the Bible as the source of absolute truth. God has given us his word, the Bible, and it is the source of absolute truth. It's right here. Right? It is inerrant. It is perfect. It is put together. As John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Right? It is inerrant. What is in here is for our ability to know what truth is and live in the truth. It's right here. Not man-made concepts, not man-made ideas. It's right here. If we are rooted in this thing, we have everything we need for life and godliness, righteousness, holiness, and everything else in between in order to honor God and let our lives be lived for him. Hebrews 4.12 would say this. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing uh, the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and no creature is hidden from his sights or a sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Amen. This word chop you up, make it very clear. Amen. It does not matter who you are, where you come from, what country you're from, doesn't matter what you think, what ideas you have challenge you've gone through, abuse you've walked through, it does not matter. This thing right here takes us right on back and puts us on level playing ground on what truth is. Remember what I said in the first week, 23 feet is 23 feet. If you weren't here when I talked about that, a plumber came to our house that was, foundation was about to be poured. He put a plumbing pipe at 21 feet. It was supposed to be 23 feet. I went out there and looked at it and I said, nope, that looks like it's off. We measured it. It was off by two feet. If we did not have the metric system, which is an absolute finite measurement, if we didn't have that, he could sit there and be like, well, it's 23 feet to me. And I'd be like, sucker, I don't care what it is to you. I'm the owner paying for this. I please need move that to 23 feet because I know what the truth is. Apparently you're struggling what truth is, right? If we don't have absolutes, then we can't come to a common ground on behavior. That's why we have to have the word. The word is clear. So God has given us absolute truth through His Word. Uh, let's see here. So here's the here's the challenge for us as the church. Now we can't back down, and I'm going to talk. I'll t- maybe talk about this at the end. See how much time we got. I got an extra 15 minutes now, so we're going to be preaching like 50 minutes. You know, we're getting it. This is, we're going to get into the trenches here today. This is not necessarily a preach message. I'm going to teach it out. We're going to talk it out, step by step. So our our responsibility as the church is to uphold the truth. Okay, let's be very clear. There's a lot of people in our world today that wants to say, church, you do your thing, let us do our thing. Nah, 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 that's not the way it was ever supposed to be. The word of God in the church was always supposed to uphold the truth, right? To be a pillar of truth. Where does this come from? You can look inside of 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. It says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, Paul writing to Timothy, he's a pastor of Ephesus. The church is a really challenging church. It's a really challenging people. They got a lot of issues, but Timothy was sent there. He was a young pastor. So you get an older pastor, an older preacher, an an apostle that's saying, hey, I'm just going to tell you these things in case I'm delayed to get there. He would go on to say in verse number 15, if I delay, you must know how one ought to behave in the household of God. you got to know how to conduct yourself in church. Then he goes on to say, which is the, uh, which is the church of the living God? The church of the living God. We don't serve a dead God. We serve the living God. He was raised from the dead. He is alive and well. He is sitting on the throne, right? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Our God is alive and well. This is not ritual activity towards some arbitrary thing that's up there. It's alive. He is well. He is strong. He is supreme. He sees all. He is over all. God is supreme, uh, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of the truth. Come on, somebody. Come on, look. Buttress. Amen. Come on. Who likes that buttress? We a buttress, amen. Somebody asked you next week, what's your church about? We a buttress? Right? What is this? A pillar of truth and a buttress of truth. The church of the living God that is alive and well is a pillar. Right? If truth is the roof, we're pillars that's holding that truth up. The church is. We, the church, are holding up what the truth is in Christ Jesus. The only way to the Father is through him. We're holding that up and we are a buttress for that. What does buttress mean? Buttress means we are the protectors of it. We are the ones that are, are defending it. We are doing that. Anytime the world says, church, you just do your thing and you just shut up and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't care what anybody believes, what their crazy ideas are. We are the pillar and the buttress. What's up? We defend this truth. We hold this truth up. We are the ones elevating this truth in our society. We are the ones preserving it. Right? He says you are the salt of the world. Uh, You're the light of the world and salt of the earth. Salt preservation mechanism. We are preserving these truths. We don't back down. We keep on speaking them. We keep on uh, living them. We keep on sharing them. We are the pillar and the buttress. Come on somebody. Amen. Come on. That's that ESV version right there. You got to get up on that game. It's good. So Paul's encouraging to make sure that we stay true to what we believe. So if we jump into beliefs, let's get some clarity around it. So there's there's beliefs in which we have we'll go through three different categories. I saw it done this way and I thought it was a great way in order to articulate these. Three different ways to look at your beliefs. If we got to be if we got to be clear, so we have this conviction, we have courage as we're moving forward, then we got to know, okay, well, what hills are we dying for? What hills are we dying on? Or what, 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 what truths are we dying for? What, what are things that are, you know, convictions, they're individual convictions of individuals or, or church denominations. And then what are sheer just opinions, right? And and we don't want to get these things all mixed up. Is if we get them mixed up, then we're not clear on exactly what we believe. And all of a sudden you have a Christian that's professing Jesus Christ that now is putting a opinion in front of an absolute truth in the name of whatever they want to stand for. And it gets all wonky when you don't have clarity around it. Okay. So here's, here's a couple, three different ways. One is this. You get the first one is you got the absolutes. Y'all got that screen? There we go. The absolutes. There we go. Absolutes are written in blood, right? These are the things you would die for. Absolutes are, you know, the, the, the Nicene Creed, the Ten Commandments, right? These are things that, like, you hold down. These, these are written, man, you would, you would die for these things. If somebody came along and tried to change them, you're like, no, you ain't changing that. That's an absolute truth. God is supreme. Jesus Christ is Lord. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. So you start with absolutes, okay? Can you go to the big screen of, oh, um, uh, there we go. Can you go to the big screen with, uh, with the circles on it? We'll just start there. We'll go there. Yeah, that's better. So here you go. Here's the big picture. Absolutes are right here in the center. Hills in which we die on, right? We stand firm inside of these things. They're unchangeable. It doesn't change with time. It doesn't change with human thought or ideas. These are absolutes unchangeable, right? We die on these hills. Second one is convictions. Through our interpretation of scripture, we have this conviction towards X, Y, and Z. This is what I feel. Denominations have different ideas on communion, baptism. We'll talk about that in just a minute. I'm going, getting ahead of myself. Then you get opinions and questions. These are things you just can't know. Scripture's just not gonna point it out directly, right? And so there are opinions of an individual that maybe is persuaded through different experiences to believe a certain way, okay? Here's the key thing. Whenever we step into this realm right here of convictions and opinions, we got to be able to live within a realm of disagreeing without being disagreeable. Okay. We can be worldviews apart without hate or anger, as I talked about a couple weeks ago in, um, Jesus among other gods, Robbie Zacharias, that it's the, the premise inside of there. Absolutes. We got to be firm on, we got to know what these things are. But when you step into convictions, now it's interpretation of Bible. And then you step into opinions, it's an individual, personal idea based on whatever, idea, you know, whatever they've walked through, whatever leanings they have, right? And we're going to be all over the spectrum. So you, you see inside of here, there's multiple different things. So let's start off with absolutes. I'm just going to start off with some absolutes here. And when we look at these things, how, how do we place these beliefs in the right category? How do you place them in the right place on this spectrum right here? One, you got to have clarity and frequency in the focus of scripture. Looking at these concepts, how does, how does the Bible talk about it? How clear is it inside of the Bible? What is the frequency and the focus of scripture that gives you this understanding of it? The second thing is this, how the doctrine relates to the character of God. Okay, I have this belief, but how does this play into the, the character of God that is revealed in the, uh, the fullness of scripture? We can't take one scripture and be myopic with it and be like, oh, well, God is X, Y, and Z. He's a, you know, he's a hateful God that, you know, destroys people. And people get caught up in that. The Old Testament, I mean, God destroyed people. They get caught up. God is, how can he be? Or a God that is, you know, looking like this. A a God that sends people to hell. How can a loving God send people to hell? Oh, they get very myopic. We got to look at the big picture. The full counsel of scripture to give us clarity of understanding of the full character of God. The third thing is this, how the doctrine relates to the doctrine of salvation. We got to be clear, the doctrine of salvation, the good news of Jesus Christ, right? He is the only way. We can't allow ideas to jack that up, right? Number four, the testimony of church history, 2,000 years of testing things um, over a long period of time of church history. Jesus gave his life, Acts 2, the church started, We got a long line of church history in our our realm. So um, uh, in this book right here, let me read this real quick. Um, This is a great book, one that we are applying to our church here today, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. This individual, Peter uh, Scazzaro, uh, is writing a lot of good stuff. He's got Emotionally Healthy Leader, Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. He's really leaned in. He's a super intellectual. He's super smart. But one of the things he talks about in this discipleship, and we're leaning into it as a church, he says this, that one of the breakdowns in discipleship for the church has happened whenever um, we, uh, we overlooked church history. We've ignored the treasures of church history is how he says it here. So if you look at church history, we got a long line uh, of living that has been lived out before we've ever been here. A lot of people think that it went from you know Jesus died and was resurrected, and the Acts 2 church started. And now here we are, Pearl Street Church, amen. I wish it was that easy, right? The Acts 2 church was under immense persecution. Thousands upon thousands of people died because they believed in the way of Jesus Christ, because it was against Jewish belief system, right? It was blasphemous. It was against that. And so a lot of people... You, see, you find in Acts, you read it, it says they were persecuted and the, the church scattered. Now, the, it was a good thing God used it in order to spread his word all throughout the region. But if you look in church history, just go with me just for a second, okay? This is going to get a little into the trenches, but go with me, So you, and you got to understand this. There are three main branches of Christian the, the Christian church in the world today. Orthodox, Roman Catholic, and Protestant. We are of the Protestant Sect, right? Martin Luther, the Reformation, we came off of that, all right? We don't need a pope to stand and intercede for us. We got Jesus Christ. He is our intercessor, right? We go straight to him. So we we know what truth is. We have the truth in our hands. It's not held on to by a pope. We got the living word. So Martin Luther posted his 99 thesis against the Roman Catholic Church. It says this However, for the first uh, 1,054 years of Christendom, there was only one church. When theological problems or divisions arose, bishops and leaders from the five major cities of the Roman and Byzantine Empire, Alexandria, the Byzantine Empire, the Alexandria, Rome, Jerusalem, Antioch, and Constantinople, gathered together to discuss them. These meetings became known as the ecumenical and the church-wide councils. Their objective was to sort out thorny theological issues such as the Trinity, and the nature of Jesus as both fully God and fully human. The first council was held when the Roman Emperor Constantine summoned bishops to the Greek city of nice, uh, Nicaea to settle doctrine for the entire church. This result resulted in the Nicene Creed of AD 325. A second council of bishops met in Constantinople, present day Istanbul, in A.D. 381 to revise and expand this document and to affirm what we know, uh, now know as the final version of the Nicene Creed. Goes on to say, "'What makes the Nicene Creed so important is "'that it has defined the bedrock of biblical Christian faith "'for over 1,600 years. "'The three main branches of uh, Christian church, "'Roman Catholic, Protestant, and Orthodox, "'agree that this creed or rule of faith "'provides uh, a foundation for the proper reading of Scripture.'" We can get so lost in understanding because we can be myopic in our perspective to think that we are here and what we believe here today just popped into existence. There's been thousands of years that has brought us to this moment right here of belief, right? If we disrespect the past, we can overlook the gold that is within. The problem with the Enlightenment period is the Enlightenment period, uh, the period where these philosophers stepped in to say, you know what? We have better ideas than the thousands of years of wisdom that have been lived out. They're a bunch of Neanderthals that can't think for themselves. We, through our technology and our wisdom and present-day industrialization, have better ideas that existed then. And they're placing human ideas in the front of God. There's been thousands of years where God has already showed himself to be true, to be real, and to be powerful. Okay? I don't want to get to that place where he does it again. I'll just throw it out there. I don't want to get to that place where God has to show his power through changing circumstances, raining hell and fire down on the world. I don't want to get there. And I don't believe God will until Jesus comes back. But we got to be careful that we don't overlook these things. So when you look in the Nicene Creed, we can all agree on this. The three main branches of the church that we live in here today, Orthodox, Roman, Catholic, and Protestant, we all believe in this right here. We would all be like, yeah, we behind that. The Nicene Creed goes like this, and I think they're going to put it up there. The Nicene Creed goes like this. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, uh, of all that is seen and unseen. He is the creator of the universe. We believe that. That is what we all believe in the Christian faith. You don't believe that God is a creator. You ain't a Christian, right? You are outside of the belief system of our faith, right? You can profess something with your mouth, but you don't believe the truth, the absolute truth of it. So you ain't a Christian going to say, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only son of God, eternally begotten of the father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made one in being with the father. Jesus came from God. He was before time and space. He is born. you know, he came into this world. He is one with God. He is the only son of God. Okay. Does that make sense? It's all there. They're putting it all in here. Like, you got to believe this. For us and for salvation, he came down from heaven. For us and for salvation. Salvation is only through him. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. Inception, immaculate conception in the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. Okay, he became fully man, flesh on his body. Okay, he faced what we faced. He fully took the penalty of our sin. He faced all of what we face in this life and he overcame. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. We do not serve a dead God. He is alive and well. He rose on the third day. Okay, every other divine person that claimed divinity died and they still dead. OK, Jesus is not. There is no burial place that we go to to say, oh, Jesus, his body's here. No, his body resurrected. He in heaven. Amen. So the hope that we have in Christ Jesus resurrection is the hope we have for our own in Jesus name. So he ascended and is seated. There you go. Seated at the right hand of the father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead And his kingdom will have no end. Amen. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, uh, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Let's be careful, not Catholic Church. If you're former Roman, like one holy Catholic Church. Catholic means universal. That's what Catholic means there. We are all part of one church, they were saying. There's not one place that has it like the church. It's every church everywhere. We're part of one universal church, one apostolic church. It says, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the, the world to come. Amen. So that is the Nicene Creed, the three main sects of Christianity. All stand firm in belief in those things right there. Okay. So we all come together. This isn't just something I came up with when I was born to say, Pastor Brent's got a good idea, okay? I stepped into the truth. I'm discovering what the truth is in Christ Jesus. This is all revealed. For millennia now, they've been doing this. So I can accept their plight, their push, their understanding, their wisdom. I can lean into that and say, I agree with that. I agree with everything inside of there. Those are absolutes. So let's look at a few of the absolutes. One is the Trinity, Father, Son, Son and Holy Spirit. Jesus was baptized in the Father, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All separate, all one. We believe in the Trinity. That is an absolute. An absolute, the virgin birth of Jesus. It's a virgin birth, right? It's not by the work of man. It's by the work of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life, as John 14 says. It doesn't matter what Oprah Winfrey says, right? Every single one of these individuals out here will try to diminish and try to undermine who Jesus Christ is because it's an absolute truth, okay? This is where you don't play games when somebody's like, oh, Jesus was just mere man. You're like, no, he wasn't. Get your butt and your buttress going, right? You're the defender. No, he wasn't just man. He was fully God. That's what he was. He came down to deal with the issue of sin, right? This is where you get your butt going. When somebody tries to come in on the absolutes, you'll die for that stuff. Like, what are you talking about? Doesn't matter who they are, okay? Oprah Winfrey's a billionaire, okay? She may have some ulterior motives there, okay? She ain't got no loyalties to you other than itching your, you know, itching evil people's ears. Not saying she's evil, but she ain't speaking truth, so we gotta get her butt going, Okay, Jesus is the only way to God. The resurrection of Jesus, right? Fully resurrected. The inerrancy of Scripture. There's no error in this Scripture, right? Somebody starts coming at Jesus. Somebody starts coming at the Word. No, 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 no. That's an absolute. It's inerrant. In the beginning was the Word. The word was, was God and the Word was with God, right? It is not errant. So that's what they'll try to do too. It's like, oh, fallible man wrote this. It was under the inspiration of God. All scripture is God breathed, as we, we said a minute ago. All scripture is God breathed. It is profitable for man. So in the inerrancy of scripture, salvation by grace through faith, not through works. Romans 5.2 talks about this. Is by grace through faith. It is not by works, right? Mormons, you got to work for it. Jehovah's Witness, you got to work for it. Better get your work in, right? They get their butt going to something different. You got to go work for it, right? This is by grace through faith. This is a free gift from God. Salvation does not come from our works, right? Absolute, heaven and hell. Not because I said it, because Jesus said it. Matthew 5, 29, he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your your members than... uh, that your whole body is thrown into hell. He says it. Hell, eternal separation from God. Right? When people got myopic on that, how can there be a loving God that sends people to hell? You've heard me say it a thousand times around here. We serve a loving God that allows people their free will to decide eternity away from him. That's it. If a person wants to come into this evil world and never recognize a heavenly father, a supreme God, and just wants to go on being their own Lord... All good. God's like, do your thing, buddy. You will spend eternity away from me. And that is hell. When people get to hell, that's where the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, right. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, you do something wrong, right? You miss an opportunity. Like the AMC stock. You probably just missed the opportunity with AMC. With Dogecoin, you probably missed it big time. A lot of people are like, oh, I missed it. I could have made a million dollars. So could I have. But we didn't. But Brett made a little bit of money, thank God. Thank God that he's tithing too in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brett. He told me when it was like at an eighth of a cent, you need to buy this, and I was like, uh, no. I'd have a million dollars right now, I'd just put 10 grand in man. I'd be a millionaire right now. We are millionaires in Christ Jesus, amen. (laughs) We are millionaires, we got Jesus. (laughs) And then God's design on sexuality which is, is a hard one there, but this is something we step into. You never see inside of scripture that God speaks to any type of sexuality outside of his design for man and woman. You never see it throughout scripture. These are absolutes, heels in which we die on, right? We never back down. It does not mean that we don't love and we're not graceful. But what it does mean is we hold firm to these truths to say, hey, this is a biblical truth that we all are coming to Jesus Christ for all of our issues. Your issue is not my issue. My issue is not your issue, but Jesus Christ brings healing to all of it. Cool? Next service starts at 1045, right? Yeah, cool. I got time. Okay. They say I'm 10 minutes over. I'm good. I'm going, man. I'm going. If you got an issue with sexuality, just read Romans 1. Jump into Genesis. You look at Sodom and Gomorrah. The fundamentals there. When humanity goes against God, the first thing you see is, when they take on themselves, they move in the, out of God's design for relationship. Genesis uh, 13, you can see it. You can see it also in Romans one. Both of these things are present inside of there. Now here's the hard part. Humanity wants to get you emotionally involved in it. How can you say who I can love? I'm not telling you who you can love. Here's the church's position. If you're an individual that feels like you love X, Y, and Z, what we're saying is go to Jesus to deal with those desires that are outside of alignment with God's will for you, right? You gotta gotta go to God for that. Same way I gotta go to God with my issues, my struggle, my sin, my hitting, missing the mark through my upbringing. We all gotta go to Jesus to find healing for our sin nature, to deal with our sin nature, to receive the Holy Spirit, to overcome all of us, right? So if you're an individual that struggles inside of that, then You got to get to Jesus in order to deal with that. But the church, this is our problem. God has called us to love and be gracious and loving. Yes, he has. But he has not called us to compromise on truth. And that's the hard thing. The church is trying to compromise. There's denominations out there that are changing their doctrine because they're so afraid of the mob. The fascists in our, our world today that if you don't believe the way we believe, we're going to shut you down. You know what the threat to the church is here today? We're going to remove your tax exemption from you. You don't believe like the government believes the way we think you should believe. You don't do X, Y, and Z according to the way we believe, not according to your truth and your conviction. Then we're going to cause harm on you. Look up Lisa Lerner. I think it's Lisa Lerner, yeah, Lisa Lerner. I think she was over the IRS under the Obama administration. wreaked havoc on nonprofits. wreaked havoc on nonprofits. Did not believe the way that they believed and they moved in power against the church it's a scary place for us to be in it's real deal holy field this is big deal issues but if you're a christian you don't back down in belief you just rise up in truth and keep on loving right we love everybody doesn't matter what somebody's struggle is it doesn't mean we we move adversely towards them and i'll tell you today this is probably another controversial thing if a homosexual couple says hey we're going to get married. My belief today is like, okay, cool. Get married. If the government says you can get married, cool, go do the legal document. But the church is not going to marry you because God's design is different than the human idea on what your truth is. So I I don't want to hold you back from going and doing something that is is, is your, your idea of truth, we're going to continue to be a buttress for our truth, and we're going to love you through your challenge and your struggle, but we will not bend and change our doctrine because of your emotions and your feelings. We don't believe you were born that way. We believe you were born into sin. Yeah, so was I, and I need Jesus for salvation, okay? and it's a big issue. I understand it's a big issue. It is complex. I just, it is complex, Okay. What I want you to hear inside of here in our church to hear is, I want to give you the same guy on this stage as what you will get in my office. If you got a challenge, a struggle, I'm going to try to, as pastor up here, I want to give you the same. That was the best advice I got this past year. Pastor, we want to see the same guy that's in the office on the stage. Because I can get really passionate, like truth and Understand that this is compromising truth in our world today. And if we if we compromise truth, and the whole bedrock of, of our society falls apart because there's no absolutes, and we can't have any solidity or uh, validity around what truth is, and any uh, uh, any agreement on that, so we can't come back to a place. So then it's all separated, and it's everywhere, and anybody can do whatever they want to do. And that's anti God. It's anti God's authority. It is the ultimate rejection of God. I want to be my own Lord. I'm going to do my own thing. And so I can get passionate. But understand, I'm not here to demean anybody. I'm not here to oppress anybody. That's not what the church is. We want to lead you to Jesus. So if this is your issue, I know people get emotional about it. I can't believe you said. It is not my opinion. It's not my opinion. It's an absolute truth that is revealed in God's word. And as a pastor and a shepherd, I can't change doctrine in order to match your emotion. If we did that, then an addicted person that walks in here completely an alcoholic, I would have to say, hey, your truth is your truth. Drink yourself to death. If that is your happiness, then I'm not going to do that. I want to lead somebody to, hey, there's, there's freedom in Christ Jesus. You don't have to live in bondage to your desire here for this or you don't have to live at the whim of the pain in which you walk through and now you are drowning it in a substance it's jesus christ we all come to jesus christ and there's unity in that that's hard though because as soon as somebody puts their emotion on it now all of a sudden the compassionate part the compassionate part of the church oh people help oh says well let's just accept them we don't want to hurt them but that's where there's power and grace and truth Jesus says, hey, you're not married to the guy you are dating right now here today. You've had five other husbands. You've gone down this road of hurt and pain. Where is your accuser? They're not here anymore. Cool. I'm not accusing you. But what I will give you is clarity on direction. Go and sin no more. Don't sin anymore. You're living a life through relationship and immorality that is compromising your ability to honor God with your life and walk in wholeness and fulfillment. Go and sin no more right? The woke church might say, I can't believe Jesus would say that to her. Why didn't he just let her keep on having a wound, a relational wound and just let her have 10 husbands? Well, Jesus doesn't want that for us. He wants healing, wholeness. Go and sin no more. So absolutely true. God's designed for sexuality. So here's the, the second thing is convictions Whereas our convictions, these are things that are changeable. It may be denominational. It may be things that are on the in-between, you know. We look at scripture. We analyze scripture. We look at different perspectives and views, all of that. Baptism. Do you have to be baptized to be saved? That's something out there in denominations that they wrestle against, right? This is of a biblical conviction. Is it an absolute? Do we want to die on that hill? No, right? We don't want to. Die on that hill. But here's the deal. Jesus on the cross said, hey, today you will live with me in paradise too, the sinner on his left. Today you'll live with me in paradise. He didn't pull him off the cross and like, hey, I'm going to baptize you, bro. He said, your decision now to follow me right here, you're going to live with me in paradise. Right? But when Jesus was baptized, he says, this fulfills all righteousness. And so I'm under the conviction that salvation rightly should move towards baptism but if you don't get to baptism before you die, you're going to spend eternity with, with God, okay? That's where I stand. So do you need it for salvation? No. But is it the right thing to do and you should do? Yes. So it, there, you should not unless you die in between salvation and there, right? That's a pretty harsh way to say that. But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, okay. Communion. This is in some churches. They literally believe. When you walk into Catholic church, they literally believe. That the wine and the Eucharist is the body, the literal flesh. When they go up there, they, they believe they're eating the flesh of Jesus. Up. That's a little weird to me. It's just a little weird. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's a little weird. Is it symbolic or is it literal? Well, he says, as often as you do this, Jesus says, do in remembrance of me, right? That's what he said. So I just live in that realm on. This is remembering what Christ Jesus did. He was the perfect lamb sacrificed for us. His blood covers our life just like the blood of the lamb covered the firstborn in Egypt at Passover. Same thing. That's where I I stand on. It's belief. But other individuals believe it's literal. We don't want to die on that hill, right? Does it change anything? No, it doesn't really change anything. Alcohol. Woo! This is a big one. Alcohol is a conviction. Right, There's some churches out there that say it's an absolute. Right, I come from the assemblies of God. They're like, abstinence from alcohol. Right, I grew up in that world. But as I'm under the conviction of the word that I look at Paul's writings on different things, he says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. But in all that you do, he says, do to glorify God. He would go in and talk about it. if you're in an atmosphere where you may eat food that's presented to an idol and that causes harm to a Jewish individual because... You do not eat meat from an idol that's been sacrificed to an idol. Why would you do something to harm a weaker brother is how he talks about it. Now that's a challenging conversation in there. When you talk, when you look at Paul's writing on, there's a weaker believer, there's a stronger believer, a strong believer can live in the wisdom and the counsel of God and, and be unswayed by a lesser individual. Like in the church world, if I was in, and you may see me sometime, if I'm in a restaurant drinking wine. Or having a, a, a beer, I, I have no problem with alcohol. I don't get drunk. Don't do that. But if I was in a place where I was drinking that, somebody might walk in and be like, "Oh my God, I can't believe Pastor Brandon." I knew he was an alcoholic. Right? <laughs> you see how crazy he is on Sunday? He definitely drank too much. I, I know that. Right? You know who else got accused of that? Jesus. Jesus did too. Jesus turned water to wine. At a wedding, the first miracle he ever did. You know what else he did? Uh, uh, not what else he did. <laughs> but where was I going with that thought? Jesus turned water to wine. Yeah, must be the... No, I should you <laughs> not, not even a joke about that. <laughs> water to wine. But, uh, yeah, okay there. So it's a conviction. There's there's some people in here that you have a history. Your family has a history of abuse, addictive behaviors. That's in anything. That's eating. That's drinking. That's in uh, um, harboring emotions and thoughts. There's a lot of mental health, right? The the Bible talks about the sin of one generation can be passed down to three, four, five generations. I heard uh, I saw one one take on that by a uh, a Bible scholar says it's not this generational curse that we want to get all religious about. It's a generational curse upon three and four generations. The sin of one, is this the sin of your, you know, the father? Is this the sin of the, the grandfather? Who, you know, they ask that question of Jesus. But what, what, it, what it's saying in here is the, the sin of one generation is behaviors that are created that now can be passed down three or four generations. And the same thing is true in behaviors, right? You see some families, they all look the same because they have the same behaviors in their diet. You see some families that all think the same. They're a bunch of negative Nancys all the time, but it all is stemmed down from generational behaviors, dysfunction, right? And so there, there's things in which our convictions that we have that aren't absolutes and we want to die on those heels and alcohol is one of those things. Uh, here's opinions and questions and I got to close and now, now I don't have time, but I'm going to take every minute I got. Um, politics, politics is, politics is an opinion, Right. This is I'm persuaded in these ideas and these individuals. I've had uh, this experience that has led me towards these ideas. It's it's an opinion. It's a personal opinion. Right. I think it should be governed this way. I think it should be governed that way. And those ideas should be readily um, debated. Those should be debated. Those should be talked out. Those should not be done in anger, which that's the challenge of our political system today. It's all angry. You're this, because you believe that, you're a hater, you're this, you're racist, you're a bigot. It's all accusations. That's all it is, accusation, accusation, accusation. Because somebody has an opinion different than you. There are people today that are dying on political heels and they're not even absolutes. There are Christians dying on political heels And they're not even absolute truths. I've seen more political rants from individuals than I have seen spiritual ones. It would be nice that we see absolutes. Jesus is Lord. He is the savior of the universe. The only way you get to heaven is through him. I believe in a triune God that is supreme over all, that we're learning what truth is through him, not through human ideas and concepts. It would be nice for some rants to go down. But what's the problem? We live in a world today where our opinions are occupying our time. And we have a lot of people so occupied in their time towards their political views, they ain't spend time with Jesus. Their heart is not being reshaped and refined by Jesus and his grace. So they're just calloused and frustrated and angry and just spewing it, dying on hills that aren't even absolutes. That is the problem with the American church today. Don't even know what the heck they believe. And dying on political hills. Wow. Got to know what you believe. Dinosaurs. They're an opinion. <laughs> you know, some people are like, eh, 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 eh. i seen the bones. I'm like, okay. God created all things. Cool. I mean, <laughs> he can do it. Aliens okay maybe I don't know I haven't seen one I've seen an angel before but I've never seen a dinosaur, I mean, a dinosaur or you know but apparently just the other day they found an, uh, a, a prehistoric fish living like it was in the Amazon I know you probably know this right here Brittany they found this like they thought it was dead like whatever they said 4 million years ago I'm not going to get into the time and space conversation <laughs> that's opinion too okay how old is the earth? Not going to go there. Cool. It's an opinion, right? We're not going to die on that hill. Style of music in church. If you don't like it, there's a lot of other ones. Amen. It's up your opinion, right? What is heaven like? Never been. It's supposed to be awesome. Streets of gold, you know. i got a mansion. Amen. It's going to be a new heaven and new earth. That's what I know. Right? Opinion. Predestination, the elite, the elect, talked about in Romans. Opinion. Predestined. I mean, people can go down some debates with all of that stuff. I just don't get caught up in stuff like that. I'm like, is it an absolute? No, cool. Oh, okay. We good. We good. Right? But I don't believe in predestination. I believe we have free will. So that's my two cents on it. Angels. Cool. I've seen one. Maybe you haven't. Bible translation. Do your research. Whatever you want to read, all good in the hood. Are you reading the word, though? Please get the word in you. Right? I just made the switch to ESV this past week because it is legit. And uh, they do literal translation, word for word literal translation. And I was like, cool. I'm going to roll with that. I'm just going to. I used to do NLT. Maybe they changed it a little too much um, from the original language. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to rock with ESV for a little bit. We'll see how it works out. Vaccinations. Opinion, you know. You want to shoot yourself? Shoot yourself with something. If you don't want to shoot yourself, walk in the hood, right? Fine. But here's the deal: people are dying on these hills. Vaccinated, not vaccinated. We can't die on these hills. These aren't hills that we die on, right? We can have different opinions. People can have different persuasions, and that is okay. If somebody doesn't get the vaccine, let me just tell you today. They are not a murderer. Let me just make that clear. They're not trying to murder people. They got a different opinion than you. If somebody does get a vaccination, right? It doesn't mean that they're a manipulated, crazy person shooting themselves with stuff that they don't know, okay? It means that they want to do this. In their opinion, it's going to help with suppressing the virus, all good. We can have different opinions but not be disagreeable and hateful and hurtful, right? So if we're clear on our belief, we'll have clarity in our direction, okay? And so that is where we wanna be at here today. God does not like wishy-washy Christians, okay? We are the buttress, get our butts going. If we know what our truth is, confidence, clarity, we're moving forward. We know what God has called us to do, right? Jesus is the only way, we gotta get people to Jesus. We got to get people to jesus it's in christ jesus that there is salvation that there's restoration there's repentance of our sins god is the only one that has the power to change man the only one we got to get people there amen i know that was long man but i had to get it all out man we got to know what we believe and some clarity on it so here's the deal you got to go read scripture when it comes to conviction and opinion go read scripture If you're not reading the Bible today, you're not going to know what truth is. And please don't try to share your truth. Right? You're going to be talking crazy and everybody's going to know. I mean, the church is going to know you're talking crazy. Okay? Because you ain't talking truth. You're talking your opinion that's rooted in man-made ideas. Give us your opinion based on biblical truth. Yeah, go share that thing. But first, go get in the word. Okay? Don't be an ignorant Christian where you don't know what the word is persuaded by man-made ideas because you're so politically compromised right human idea compromise know what the word is amen god we love you lord we thank you for your goodness father i pray for a church that knows clearly what we believe god we are not persuaded by man-made ideas god but father we are solid and firm in biblical truth god give us the courage today to be a buttress for the truth be a pillar for the truth truth god no matter what the world is saying No matter what chaos in which we are living in here today, God, we will be individuals that stand firm in you. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would give us the the victory in Jesus' name. That, Father, we would have the power to represent truth and bring people to you, Jesus Christ, the truth. Heal, restore, redeem in Jesus' name. Right here in our church, right here in our city. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says... Amen and amen.